can we together with God's help look at one word it's a you might say a one word sermon and the word you will find it's in verse 13 of the chapter we read Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree and the word is the word curse And I would like to do something that Philip Henry did, that's Matthew Henry's father. He very often arranged his sermons around a number of letters. So that's what I'm hoping to do this morning with you. The letters C-U-R-S-E. So that when you are home today, or when you're speaking about with someone tomorrow, you can say we had a sermon on the word curse. And I hope that you will be able to articulate the content of it to some extent. So we start with the letter C. Go way back to Genesis 3.17 When God said to Adam and Eve Cursed be the ground for your sake Cursed because of what you have done Curse rests on our labours Proverbs 21 verse 4 Even the ploughing or the plumbing or the carpentry of the wicked is sin. Curse rests even on our environment. God was pointing the green issue to us. The ground is cursed. Cursed means the just and awful condemnation of God. Separate from God's favor and fellowship. Separated from and separated to evil. You have it there in Psalm 81. And don't we see that most clearly in our media and in our culture today? So to the lust of their own heart, I them delivered. We were in the States recently and met several folks who have abandoned California because of the degree of decadence that's there. Now, that decadence, we don't have to go to California to find it. You find it in our own heart 
and you find it in our own community. Romans 1, God gave them over to the lust of, our, of their hearts. Cursed be everyone that continues not in the all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Thou shalt not covet. The word curse is in God's parting shout. It may be for you the last word you'll ever hear from God. Depart from me, ye cursed. Banished from the presence of God. It's the last word in the Old Testament. It's interesting. It's amazing. It's the last word in the Old Testament. Smite with a curse. Or in the ESV, utter destruction. This, friend, is what Jesus Christ deals with. This is what Jesus Christ puts away by taking it for us. Bore our sin in his own body on the tree. And there's a very real sense on my part and perhaps in yours too, that we should stop there. You've heard it. He took the curse. The curse was swallowed up in his perfection. The symbol of the curse, the thorns and the thistles, the symbol of the curse he was crowned with. What though his crown be thorns, he ruleth ever. What though his throne be a cross, he sets up one. Amazing, he bore our sin. He stood condemned. He bowed his head under the shame, the bitterness, the condemnation, the desolation. I am bewildered. The God of mercy spared not his own son. Think about that. The God of mercy who delights in mercy spared not his own son, made him to be a curse. And there, and then, and now, comes from that spot the joyful sound 
from this place of cursing and turmoil, the joyful sound comes. Have you heard? Have you heard the music? From this event and this spot and this time and here today, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We've heard the music. Have we come to him and experienced now afresh, afresh, perhaps even for the first time, the river? Peace, like a river, we're told. These are from the hymn, yes, but they're there in Isaiah 48. The peace of God. He is our peace. See. Curse. Now you know where we're going. You. Us. This is not merely for the Puritans, for old people, for religious people. We are all involved. Today, friend, in Greyfriars, this morning, you are involved. A sermon is not merely a talk. I like the way the second Helvetic Confession puts it. The preaching of the word of God is the word of God. You think it's Sinclair Ferguson, Malcolm McLean, whoever it is, the preaching of the word of God is the word of God. It's God's lively message for us. Has implication for us. And there are only two groups of people here. There are some who might be saying, I'm not really interested Oh yeah, I know my granny was. I know someone who's a bit overcommitted to the church. I'm not really very interested, actually. I'd rather stay at home this morning. I prefer to watch a film. I do say prayers. But I don't plead. It's not business. It's, it's a routine. It's something I do. Not something I mean. Is it true of you? What we're told. That Jesus is a root out of a dry ground. There is no beauty that I should desire him. 
That's one group. And the other group are saying, He is my greatest joy. I'm sorry I don't love him more. I find the gospel absolutely amazing. Christ is my only hope. You will be saying, I long to be with the Lord's people. I really want to pray. I love praising him. Us, it's about us. Think of how the Bible uses the word us in this verse, curse for us. In Matthew 1, God with us, Emmanuel. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, made him to be sin for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 10, who died for us. <coughs> us. He was chastised for our peace. For us. Sinners, original, actual, in thought, in word, and in deed. He comes for us. Peace to the mind from our prophet, Jesus. He comes from his lips with power. My peace. I give to you peace to the conscience from our priest. Hear him, I have paid the price. Your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more forever. It's for us. And you can't exclude yourself from the implications of that word, us. You know what the third letter will refer to. Have you thought about it? I hope you're ahead of me. Curse. Us, our Redeemer, the only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God became man and so was and continueth to be both God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. What offices doth Christ execute as our Redeemer? Christ as our Redeemer executeth the offices of prophet, priest, and king, both in his state of exaltation and humiliation. So he, our glorious Lord, is the Redeemer. Now and then, at Calvary.
both in his state of exaltation and humiliation. Inseparable. He was the king while offering the sacrifice of himself. He is our royal priest. He is our whole Christ. As the prophet, they spat on him. They blindfolded him. They struck him. And they cried, shouted at him, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who struck you? What mockery? Asking Jesus for prophecy. They didn't realize. What mockery? There he was as our priest. They cried again, he saved others. Let him save himself. There on the tree, taunted with that cruel cry, he saved others. Prove it. Save yourself. In his offices of prophet, priest, and king, remember Herod's soldiers clothed him in purple and derided him. Luke 23 verse 11 tells us, Herod set him at naught and mocked him. Now you know Herod was not a full-blooded Jew. Herod was from Idumea. He was a descendant of Esau, not Jacob. Remember the struggle in the tent between Jacob and Esau over the birthright the privilege of being the progenitor of the promised Messiah. Esau despised it. And today we have here the, the seed of Jacob. Standing before the seed of Esau. The seed of Esau in the person of Herod, mocking the seed of Jacob in the person of Christ. And Jesus is silent. Not a word. <coughs> silent. He knew what was happening. He was becoming our Redeemer. 
<clears throat> Friend, are you saying, I know that my Redeemer liveth? C U R S S What's that one for? Well, as far as this particular address goes, it's for the site, S-I-T-E. The location. He was sentenced inside the city, but he was led outside to die, where the Jews ex forsaking their exclusiveness, putting their most precious gift available for the world in reach of all or were they giving expression to this we have no place for him in his life we have no place for him in his death away with him away with him put him out of here But there was more. God was in it. There he was, outside the city. You know the hymn, On a Green Hill Far Away. It's a lovely tune, but it's a very bad message. It certainly wasn't a green hill, it was a place of bones and carcasses, and flies, and death, and horror. He was the curse-bearing lamb outside the city gates. God has a wonderful way of introducing us to the concept of what was happening there uh, way back in Luke, Leviticus it is chapter 16 remember the two young goats one sacrifice two goats one sacrifice the first was taken the first goat the first kid was taken by the priest to the altar where its blood was shed. That was dealing, pointing to what was coming, dealing with sin, Godward. The soul that sinneth, it must die. The wages of sin were being meted out. But then there's the second goat, the hands of the high priest on the head of the goat, pointing to and signifying the transferal of the sin of the people to this goat. And this goat was led out by a fit man into the wilderness. 
the sin bearer, now accursed. Death, friend, cannot extinguish the worm that does not die. The fire that is not quenched is not dealt with even by the death of Jesus if it was only death. Both of these goats are pointing to Christ being a sin bearer he must die and die he did his blood was shed he died for the ungodly but he also bore the curse alone outside in the wilderness blighted by the curse by the wrath of eternal god none to pity nobody took any pity on me at all i bore the wrath of god the wilderness is where he was on that tree. The dark hours on that tree. He as both the lamb slain and the curse bearing one. Christ the scapegoat went to the desolation of Calvary outside the city. And there he knew what being a curse was. And you don't know that. You don't know that yet. Remember God's last word? Depart from me, you curse it. Then you'll know it. But he knew it then. Yes, he was sentenced inside the city. But he was crucified outside. He became the great outsider. Outsider. Ridiculed, mocked, cast out by heaven. But there's more. Here on the cross. He was forsaken by God. I don't understand that. But it's marvelous. Because he did that for me. He bore my sin. And he took my curse. The sight of C-U-R-S-E. Exhausted. Perhaps that's the way you are. That guy's been going on for a long time this morning. He said it was a one-word sermon. He's managed to make quite a lot more since then. Exhausted. But the curse had to be exhausted. This could only happen by 
utter, complete death. The poison of all death was concentrated in his cup, which he drank. The cup that my Father giveth me to drink, shall I not drink it? I remember being in Cames at a communion season and there was an African minister preaching. His name was Petros Mzamo. And he had that great African gifting of holding your attention in a most dramatic way. And he was addressing at a communion service this subject. And he said, the Father hath two cups. He's got a cup in each hand. And there's a cup of blessing. And there's a cup of cursing. And here's his dearly beloved, his son, his eternal son, in whom he delights, as we sang in the psalm there. Two cups. Here's his son. His son always did what pleases the father. There he is, the father with the two cups. Which cup is he going to give to his son? Surely it's a cup of blessing. Which cup is the son going to get? Surely it's the cup of blessing. No. It's the cup of cursing. And he drank it all. Even, even the bitter dregs of it. And what about the other cup? The cup of blessing. Where's that going to be? Who's, who's that for? That's for people who deserved the curse and who the Father loved with an eternal love and who the Son loved so much that he did it all for them. He took and finished the curse. He exhausted the curse. He gave his life a ransom for many. He made an end of sin. Friend, you're bothered about it. Child of God, you're bothered about it. Your sin, he finished it. C U R S E. You think you're finished? But no. There's another word in the text, and it uses the letter D at the end of curse. Cursed. 
C-U-R-S-E-D. And you despise this or delight in it. You got it? You despise this or you delight in it. I tremble. And it's happened to me a number of times. I'd be operating the forklift or we call it the teleporter on the farm. And sometimes I would make a mistake with a bucket load, a ton weight of grain going into a lorry. And I'd be trying to do it as fast as I can and I'd hit the edge of the top of the lorry trailer. And you know what the lorry driver on occasion in dismay and anger would say, go to hell! He can't say that. Only Jesus can say that. Go to hell. But today, he's pleading with us, come to me, and I will give you rest. You despise this. And you may only have been despising it in this way. Well, say, that's good. Fine for my father and my mother and my granny and my grandfather. And fine for the minister and for the elder. But for me, I want to enjoy myself first. Any form of delay or saying no or not yet. Anything is despising it. Or you delight in it. Have you been worshipping this morning? Have you been saying thank you? What a friend we have in Jesus. He only, my salvation is. But I have all my confidence placed in your mercy. I don't get it all. I'm not what I would like to be or what I ought to be, but he is altogether lovely. Remember Hebrews 13? You went there when you met him first, outside the camp, away from this world. You went to the Savior, crucified, cursed, outside the camp. There was a drawing power, you reached out to him in heart and said, who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me, I remember, I think it's something that happens once you get to, to my age. You go back and you remember, it just came to my mind just now, MacLeod, Greenock, the last time he ever preached in Edinburgh. I was a student, and his, he finished his sermon eight or ten times with tears. Oh, he didn't know he was about to have a heart attack. And he quoted these lines, who loved me, and he gave himself for me. And he quoted it, I don't know how often, crying 
It meant so much to him. There you went, you went to him, and you found yourself saying that, will you not then? For Jesus, who bore the curse, who bore the pain, the bitterness, will you not esteem it great riches to bear his reproach, to be a follower of him, to stand up, stand up for Jesus. His question to you, God's question to you, is what do you think of Jesus? That's a question. My question is the same, but I'm just repeating what he's asking. What do you think of Jesus? The buck stops there, friend. Curse. See. Us. You. Our Redeemer. Sight. Outside. The city. E, exhausted. D, dismay, despise, or delight. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you've uh, added to our responsibility today. You've added to my responsibility as someone professing to delight in God and to declare your word. And you've added to the responsibility of all of us in bringing us to be confronted by the glory of Christ being made a curse for us, our sin-bearer. We cannot discharge any responsibility on our own, but you have promised to help. We pray for our world, we think of the situation in Israel, your ancient people, the Jews. We thank you for the heritage of the church in Scotland, particularly in the 1840s and 50s, of the burden that McChain and others had for your ancient people, the Jews. We pray for the peace of that nation. We pray for our own king and those in authority over us. We see the increasing forgetfulness of your law and the increasing fraction there is in our politics. 
You are teaching us to cease from man whose breath is in his nostrils. Bless us with continued delight in Jesus, that you would be, that he would be, all our salvation and all our desire. Add to the number of people who are training for ministry. Please, even from amongst the young men in this congregation, please send them into the preaching ministry of the gospel. Raise up a standard, please. Don't be a stranger in Inverness or Scotland. Come to revive your work, to awaken the dead. Visit us. Please don't leave us. Pardon us for our sin and help us. Bring us back if we are able and fit to worship together this evening. You know our tendency to absent ourselves from the means of grace if we find what we consider to be something else to do. Grant that our heart's exercise would be, above all things, your face, Lord, seek will I. Pardon us for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll conclude by singing Psalm 100.